Hi, and welcome to Rosebud Thorn. I'm Samantha Shapiro. I'm a 20-year-old college student, and each week on this podcast, I'm bringing in someone around my age, and I talk to them about what's on their mind. If you haven't listened to my promo, you can check that out for more of an explanation. But here, you can listen in on some hopefully interesting combos where I ask people my age about their highs, their lows, and what's to come in the future. Today is episode one, and my first guest on the podcast is Tara Shirazi. Okay, a quick disclaimer that Tara is a close friend of mine, but she's also someone I really admire and respect. And it's hard to separate how much I love her as a person from everything else. She's refreshingly genuine and down to earth, kind, honest, and a really, really great friend. So bringing her on today, I asked her what she wanted to talk about, and she said she wanted to focus on her career. She's one of those people that is so capable of anything that she sets her mind to, but completely irregardless of how capable Tara is, it can be scary to go down a path that is uncertain. Okay, I feel like this is already getting too deep, so I'm just going to let Tara introduce herself and let you guys listen in. I'm going to start with a series of rapid-fire questions. Name? Tara Shirazi. Birthplace? New York. First thing you normally do when you wake up? I check my text messages. Time of the day that you spend the most time on your phone? Before I go to sleep. Time of the day that you spend the least time on your phone? Uh, early afternoon. Um, last text? My friend asked me what flavor pizza I wanted to eat for dinner. I think that was a WhatsApp. It was a WhatsApp. Okay, okay, no, no, it's no, a no, WhatsApp. no. Okay, we're doing last text. Um, also, flavor of pizza? Did well, she, she ask flavor? Did no, she? No, really? she asked me if I liked goat cheese. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> My last text message was, oh, sure, from a friend that I wanted to go and see. Oh, that's cute. Good one. Last purchase. I bought coffee beans, Grumpy Monkey from Small World. Something you should probably give up. I should be on my phone a lot less. Well, we're really hitting the phone thread <laughs> here early on. Your favorite building material? Bluestone. Okay, barbarian, agrarian, and librarian. Which of the following do you most identify with and why? What's an agrarian? A farmer. Agrarian. Right? Agrarian. Okay, why? Um, because I think I'm really in touch with nature. <laughs> no, that's a joke. I think I'd probably be a librarian because I'm better at collecting books than reading them. But you also read so many books. I do read a lot. Yeah, I was. I thought you were going to definitely say librarian, and I was really shocked when you said <laughs> librarian. I really just wanted to know what it meant. Last podcast you listened to? Um, Matt Devella is a like a YouTuber. I listened to him. Like and he listened to Tim Ferriss. Yeah, yeah, and I like him. He does this thing where he's like, I took cold showers for 30 days. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or like, uh, he's like, I meditate for three hours a day and it changed my life. Um, he brings on really cool people onto his podcast, and a lot of them are women, a lot of them are guys. I think a huge pitfall of podcasters, especially business or productivity or, you know, self actualization, they only talk to guys, which sucks because. Yeah. You know, I want some sort of female, you know, entrepreneur to look up to, too. Well, you were just showing me the cut. I was showing you the cut. The cut's really fun. I don't know how to describe it, but it's a super eclectic and quirky um, subdivision of New York Magazine. It's for working women. Females is so scientific. It's for working women. Um, horoscope. I'm a cancer. Oh, I totally knew that. I'm not even going to bullshit it like I did know that. I totally knew that. We're born three days apart, Sam. Yeah. <laughs> um, and literally, when we met, like, yeah. 
yeah, when we met. Okay, so this is a story time. Week into freshman year, I'm walking with my frist iced coffee that's really just two shots of espresso watered down by ice. And if they really fill the 16 ounce plastic cup with crushed ice, not regular ice, so the crushed ice melts into your coffee. So you really just have water with coffee infusion by the end of. Hot take, I love crushed ice. I love your crushed drink? ice. Yeah, I love crushed ice. I prefer crushed ice to like this small world circular thing. <laughs> the one with a hole in the middle? Yes, what is ice with holes in the middle? Who makes ice with holes in the middle? Who thought of that? <laughs> Do you know the ones at Ikea that are shaped like shellfish, or sorry, shells or moons? No. There's a lot in the world of ice. I have really um, strong views on wedding registries, actually. Should I put the this in my wedding registry? I don't think any of us should have wedding registries. Okay, tell me why. Because odds are that in 2000-something, you're already living with your significant other, which means that you have things in your house and you don't need more. Like, you already have a kitchen that's stocked and you already have a bedroom, so you don't need a mixer or plates or champagne glasses. You are so right. And yes, wedding registries are wasteful and- No, it worked when you didn't live with your significant other. When you were just moving out of your parents' house and moving in with your husband and you had a new apartment and you had nothing inside. Wow, this sounds like something you heard about on a podcast where Actually, it was like no. the history of the <laughs> wedding registry. That is a podcast I would probably listen to. Um, okay, back to horoscopes. So I'm walking with my iced coffee in hand and I'm saying something to Tara and she goes, you're a cancer, aren't you? And I go, how did you know? And I, yeah. What she told me is that she really liked being inside. She liked being cozy at home, but she also really liked being outside in nature, um, like in the forest or it was something along those lines. And that's the defining trait for being a Cancer is that you like being outside, but you would prefer being in your own space that you've, you've you know, carved out for yourself. A homebody at a heart. Homebody. We were talking about the way that you spell homebody. How do you pronounce it? How you pronounce it. I also think I've misspelled it wrong my whole <laughs> life. You're such a cancer. I think I am such a cancer. Um, once I was in a fight with a friend and she pointed to my being a cancer as an explanation of my mercurial personality. You could say that of anyone. Um, Did was... Mercury being in retrograde fuck you up? Side no, note. No, I actually never know when Mercury's in retrograde. Neither do I, but whatever anything bad happens, whatever anything bad happens, you just go, oh, Mercury in retrograde. Really? It, like, it used to be PMS, and now it's Mer Mercury's in retrograde. <laughs> what will it be next? We used to say, like, oh, yeah, it's, like, PMS, and, you know, that's why I'm pissed, it's, but now it's, what's next? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, that's a good segue into what we're here for today, which is the good the bad, Rosebud Thorn. The um, good, the bad, and the forthcoming. Yeah. I yeah. don't know what you would say for bud. Um, the next moon. The Do you want to explain what rosebud and thorn are supposed to be? Well, okay. It's whatever you make it. A rose, something good, something positive, something you're proud of, literally anything, like, good in your life. Thorn, negative, and bud, exciting on the horizon. I really like it because it's very much a slice of conversation. It's very real. And you know when you're on the subway and you listen to people's conversations? Like, I do it. Like, <laughs> I love listening to other people talk. So this very much feels like that. You know, I have a word. The word is watermelon. 
And that's my code word with my brother. Yeah. For when we want to listen to someone's conversation. Yeah. We go, watermelon. <laughs> and then you're just like, cute, like, start listening to their conversation. <laughs> Sometimes I'm walking with friends, and we go quiet at the same time. And it's because we're both listening to what's going on behind us. <laughs> that's how I know I picked good friends, because we're both all nosy. So my rose, my bud, and my thorn. Well, it's your pick of which one you want to do first. I'll start with my rose, because today was a really really good day full of energy I started my day with a really good conversation with a Princeton alum who I reached out to after finding his email in the alumni directory and it was the first time I'd ever cold emailed anyone cold called anyone in my entire life and so I was shocked when he replied to me within one business day he said you know let's set up an introductory meeting and then he sent me a gcal invite oh that's when you know it's legit <laughs> he gave me so much advice it was the the conversation I needed to have at the point I am right now and then I reached out to another alum who I actually knew and she gave me more information than I ever expected so I don't I think it's the first time I've ever realized the value of talking and reaching out to people. I hate to call it networking because these are people that I actually know and I hate the word networking. It's just, you know, make friends with people. I don't like to think of relationships as transactional. Yeah, and I always shy away from career fairs and recruitment events because that networking is so fake. Whereas I would rather, I think, talk to someone at an office or go and meet them through a neighbor or something. But you said it was the conversation that you needed to have. Yeah. Like, how so? I was freaking out about pivoting at 20 years old. And my dad's like, Tara, you're 20. My mom says, Tara, you're 20. My uncle says, Tara, you're 16. <laughs> Wait, what do you mean pivoting? I have been doing the same line of work, I guess. I've been doing a lot of research jobs, internships, side gigs for since I started college and going back um, in high school, too. It's not for me and I need to move away from it. But getting that first position after having done five research positions is really difficult, I think. Maybe that's just in my head. Um, but the guy that I talked to today, he was in the middle of his PhD after having gotten a master's and a BA. Um, and he said, I can't do academia. And he, at like 32 years old, transitioned away from a world of academia and went to McKinsey, and now works at the world's largest water solutions company. And so he was really happy to share advice on pivoting. Uh, a lot of it was just practical. He was like, completely rebrand yourself, like change the verbs on your resume. You know, you did research, now you can do market research. <laughs> <laughs> that's a really good rose, and I feel like that's a really good way to start the school year before all the craziness of classes kind Tomorrow. of sets in. <laughs> Tomorrow, yeah. Tomorrow. Do you know, I don't even know what classes I'm taking. Um, I don't know the buildings, but I do know the classes. I don't know what courses I'm taking because I finished like 99% of my classes for my major last spring, which means I am completely open season on anything in the registrar. But the fact that there are no limitations besides for my junior sem make it actually really difficult to pick classes. But the world is your oyster. You'll have all the classes open to you. But actually, yeah. So the fact that I haven't had any limitations on the classes I can take, I've changed so much between the beginning of the summer and the end of the summer because I now have a clearer sense of what I want to do in the future. And I was able to completely change my schedule around that, which is great because I didn't have to take these classes for my major. That's really good. I mean, you saved yourself a year of college yeah. of kind of now knowing what you want to yeah. do going into this year. And I often think, you know, classes and professional life 
seemed so distinct to me yeah. my freshman and sophomore Especially year. Especially you know, liberal arts college. But honestly, I'm really starting to realize the value of, like, kind of pre-professional classes. Yeah. Um, like, my favorite classes I've taken have always been the journalism classes yeah. with visiting faculty. I need to take classes that teach me skills because <laughs> <laughs> because I have none otherwise. <laughs> I mean, the only skills I have are, like, intro calculus. <laughs> it's like I put out, like, skills, but if you asked me to do something on Excel, I probably couldn't do it. I should put iMessage. I, I, <laughs> I have a knowledge of many international chatting uh, I have the knowledge of Snapchat geofilters. Oh, I don't have Snapchat. I don't have any social media apps on my phone. What? Yeah. Well, go you. Because I uh, have an addictive personality, and when I do have Instagram on my phone, it's like my thumb goes there the second I click open my phone. Even if I want to send a text message, when I open my phone, the first thing I'll do is open Instagram. I, well, I think you were one of the people that inspired me to start my day making sure the first thing I do is not check Instagram yeah. and go to bed making sure the last thing I do is not check Instagram. It's like all these like productivity podcasts that I listen to have really positive influences. I feel like the thread of this conversation is <laughs> the phone is evil, Instagram is evil, and we didn't mean to make it one of these podcasts <laughs> that's like, fuck Instagram, but this is yeah. ending up being one of those, and I'm really sorry, we're not normally like this. Yeah, and the, wh- I think what makes um, social media not positive for me is that I don't actually post, so all I'm doing is looking into other people's lives power to the people who actually post yeah power to the influencers and i don't mean that even sarcastically even like your friends who post on instagram you know once every two weeks that's that takes balls but i do nothing on instagram but look at other people which means i shouldn't be on instagram at all yeah that's a really good point yeah like i admire the people who have a really aesthetically pleasing feed because you know that speaks to like an artistic part of them i very much respect the people who do post but i'm trying to curtail my social media use I've completely cut Snapchat out of my life. When I didn't have a smartphone in high school, I had massive... because the rainbow filter was the first one do you remember and then all my friends were on the rainbow filter and opening their mouths and I had a flip phone still I I felt really left out and then when I got a smartphone I got snapchat and loved it my pet peeve about snapchat is like when one of those new filters comes out everyone finds themselves so interesting in like the old person filter (laughs) like you're no more interesting than anyone else in the old person filter (laughs) like what was that app Face swap. Don't use it, guys. What's the next one? I have no idea. Yeah. Okay. Well, now we're going to... I get into my thorn. Yeah. That was a long segue. This was a segue? Uh, no, Wait, it was a gonna... tangent. Sorry. Rosebud thorn. Which one next? Butter thorn. My thorn is next. I think I'm just really nervous for the future. I have no idea whether I'm moving in the right direction or whether I'll hit a dead end. I think I know what I want to work towards, but I don't think I'm... I don't know if I'm doing it the right way. And I don't even think there is a right way, which makes it all the more scary. Yeah, I feel like um, the thorn is, like, essentially massive uncertainty. Yeah, not knowing. If you get poached as a freshman at, like, a large investment bank, then in a way it's nice to have the certainty. But if you don't really know what you want to do, it can be a little more scary. 
I have always wished that I wanted to be a doctor, and obviously I know pre-med I is so challenging. I too. Like, non-pre-med, I even know. It's like, you know, you take pre-med courses, you take the MCAT, med school, residency, you know. And it's a, it's a hard road, don't get it's me wrong. It's impossibly difficult. But at least you know it. Like, for me and you who don't really know what we want to do and don't know how to get there, it is a lot more amoebus or amoebal. When do you feel that uncertainty and that fear about the future and that fear about executing on these ideas kind of sneaks up on you? Do you feel like it's when you're the busiest or almost when you're the least busy? I think it's when I see deadlines for like an investment bank application. And then I'm thinking, you know, these people already have their applications, they already have their CVs or their cover letters or whatever, and I have no idea what I'm doing. That's when I get really nervous. I feel that too, but I feel it more because I feel like I'm closing that door. Like it's such a marker that I'm closing that door. Yeah. I remember when you had to check the box in the Princeton application for AB or for engineering. And I just thought to myself, well, that is closing a door. Yeah. Right now, I will never be an engineer. Well, I went to a French school where we had to pick a path in ninth grade. And you either picked economics or social sciences or you picked science. And I picked economics and social science because I'd done really poorly in my science class the year before. And I've started to think back to that moment. And I really resent that teacher for so discouraging in my science education because I could be totally different today. And I had to pick so young. I mean, who knows? I could be in a totally different place. Today, the guy on the phone said, you know, there aren't actually very many opportunities here for non-engineers. And I thought back to that moment and I thought, you know, if only I had, I didn't need to make that choice when I was so young. But what I think is so awesome is you kind of pressed going on with that conversation. Yeah. He was like, there aren't many opportunities for engineers. And then, but, yeah. but and then by the end, he was pretty much yeah. offering you a position to work there. Yeah. Um, um, which was, which was, which was, which was fantastic. And actually the conversation didn't look like it was taking that direction at all until we found this huge commonality, which was that we, we both pivoted at some point in our lives. And I feel like your rose and your thorn make a nice guarded bush together. A nice, exactly. And my bud is that I love making routines. I think when I was in middle school and high school, all of August, I would watch YouTubers <laughs> do their, like... Oh, the back-to-school hauls? <laughs> the halls? back to school halls. They'd be like, ah, I'm I got some Ticonderra pencils and my pencil case. And everyone had the same one. And I'd watch them over and thinking they were all... Feeling like they were all different. And I was actually talking about it with one of my one of my high school girlfriends. And I said, you know, it was so wasteful that I went and bought new pens and new backpacks and stuff every year. I, my girlfriend from high school was saying that, you know, Tara, I disagree with you because part of shopping at Staples for back to school generates so much excitement and if you didn't generate that excitement back to school wouldn't be as fun as it is so it's important to buy new school supplies because it would make you excited for school and I completely agree with her and I totally recant my statement about environmentalism and uh, that, uh, that's a wrap no 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 we can't end up. <laughs> but no I'm so excited to create a routine I like to start late in the mornings and have a long morning, um, make coffee, and hopefully read, most likely do readings. There's a difference. And my friend was telling me something yesterday about having routines that you can believe in. And I'm such a creature of habit. What does that mean that you can believe in? Like you can believe that you're doing the right thing for yourself via the routine. Example. 
I chew five packs of gum a day. I chew a pack of gum when I'm nervous. I chew gum when I'm nervous. And I don't really, like, believe that that routine is doing me any good or serving me well. Is it a routine or is it an addiction or a habit? Okay, okay, okay. (laughs) Very distinct point. But I'm trying to think of a routine. Um, Okay, routine. We're going to go back to Instagram. Yeah. Checking Instagram every morning. Okay, that would but be you have a ru- more positive routines, like you go for a five-mile run. Yeah, so that's what I mean with, you know, settling into a routine yeah. that you can believe in. Yeah. Like, you get so much happiness yeah. from the routines that you can believe in because you know that they're serving you well. I'm so excited to get the ball rolling. Well, I feel like that was a good note to end on. I'm excited for the school year tomorrow, and I'm hoping this podcast really takes off as a routine, so stay tuned. And <laughs> Speaking of routines. <laughs> thanks so much for coming on, Tara. Thank you. Bye.